What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, pleasure to be sitting here alongside you, as always. Yes. I'm doing pretty well, uh, you know, just looking over all my uh, pre-show notes. It's incredible. I've never seen I got this before. Going. Yeah, yeah, no. We Literally got... has... Uh, Legal pad, half legal pad, yeah. uh, miniature legal pad, mini, yep. with a bunch of crumpled up notes and uh, sweat, blood, and other bodily fluids all over them. Yeah, no, it's um, you know, we just needed some content. Sure, I started an ad, I hated it, and uh, just moved <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, I'm doing well. How about you? Doing pretty well outside of uh, bad week for the Braves so far. Um. Other than that, though, work's been okay. Life's been good. I'm surviving. Good. Yeah. You'll be happy to know I called uh, intern Jared. Mm. Uh, actually do some work this Before time. you showed up. Uh, yeah, his, um, he's doing pretty well, actually. I was proud of him. Mm. So I, I, he's got his updates for us that I thought I'd uh, read to everybody here. Well, good. Now that he's out of school, you know, it's good to know that he can put more time into the show. Oh, yeah. So I asked him what's been going on, if he has any questions, updates on sponsors and all that. And here's what he got for me. He said, uh, the Braves have been on a road trip. Mm. They lost the series to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So he's able to tell me that much. Wow. So it's hard-hitting stuff here. I had no idea that we lost the it, series to the Yankees this it's, week. It's all correct, though. Um, and then in terms of sponsorships, he said he's still working on Arctic. Oh, Arctic Cooler. Yeah, to, to really lock that down for us. But he says he's still noodling around there, these types mm. of things. He say requires a certain amount of bravado. And he says he's going to wait to fully reach out to them until we, lease, we reach 5,000 listeners. Does he mean uh, 5,000 <laughs> total? Because we do have 5,000 total listeners. No, I think he means weekly. Damn. Yeah, so he said hopefully Arctic's still around and the nation is still around. And the internet and sports by the time that happens. And, uh, you know, just the ability to speak and be recorded in this fashion. Very important. So. To the success of this show. Got that. And then he also had a good question for us to discuss. Hmm. Uh, do we want to do the question now or save it? Well, we're already we're doing in, this. We're so in the intern Jared let's just section. Finish it. <clears throat> so he wanted to know if you could guarantee the Braves and the Falcons win a championship in the next two years, would you accept that with the caveat mm. that the United leave and go to Winnipeg? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so, United does not mean nearly as much to me as, as, uh, as those teams. So I switched it to United because I just wanted to see your reaction, but he had actually said if the Hawks leave and go to Winnipeg. Ah. <laughs> So he he was correct at his phrasing. Well, you know what? As much as I love the Hawks, yes. Yeah. Just because I don't think we'll ever win an NBA title because Adam Silver is a sleeper member of the Golden State Warriors. Mm. I agree. Yeah, I would I would sacrifice I'll the two Hawks. Championship yeah. teams. Because then life would be so good and be complete. You wouldn't have this weight on your back that feels like it's crushing you every day as a sports fan here. Ooh, what what if both of those teams win championships, but then we lose them? The season afterwards. No. 
I'd rather just be what we are. You'd rather lose yeah. for the rest of your life but have something to cheer for versus yeah. win once. and Then they leave the next year. What the hell are we going to do with the battery, the Mercedes-Benz? What do we do with our lives? Probably Without those two teams, it would be pretty meaningless. Probably apply this effort and energy to something more productive. Maybe something altruistic, uh, charitable work. Mm. Um, maybe something that can contribute to society. Maybe it would be the best thing for us. Maybe. Maybe we'll learn something about the world. Take some history classes. Who knows? You know, expand our horizons past Atlanta professional sports. Yeah, maybe so. Just say take some history classes? Yeah, learn a little bit more about the world. Read a book? Read a book. Uh, you know. Travel? Travel. Don't Maybe not drink as much. You mm. know. Or, or drink more. Or, yeah. Because there'd be a huge void in our lives. Yeah. We'd probably die sooner than we already Spiral into to. deep, deep, deep depression. Yeah. I took a dark turn. Well, at least now we know what would happen if we ever lost these teams. Yep. <laughs> so thank you, intern Jared, for um, all that great info. Mm. I think his job security has never been stronger. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you want to jump into Braves or Braves report? Uh, yeah, let's jump into it, Graham. All right. So this, uh, the end of last weekend, we swept the Cardinals away. Things were looking up after we had lost uh, back-to-back series against the Reds and Orioles. This week, we um, had an amazing start to the week uh, against the Yankees. Won that game, 13 innings. Ronald Acuna Jr. hits the go-ahead homer. Everybody's freaking out. And then we get beaten pretty good the next two games. They, they you know, The second one was close. We dug ourselves into a hole. And then the third one wasn't great either. Uh, your boy Julio really dropped the ball there. And then we go to the Brewers, and we've lost the first two, two games of that series. So, so far this week, we are 1-4. and four. And in this road trip, we said that it was going to be so important. Uh, we start out 4-0. Now we are, I believe, 4-4 four and four now. God, I hate the way you phrased that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last week, if we had said we'd be 4-4 four and four on this road trip currently with a chance to either come out 5-5 five and five or... Six and four. Wouldn't you have been happy? Yeah, I just think it's, but it's the, just the it's, fact that we won the first four. Yeah, it's that, and it's just the way we've lost. It's been the same goddamn thing. It's like pitching, the starting pitcher sucks, uh, or, or battles through a, a star in which he doesn't have his best stuff. We get down in a, in a hole, a five to six run hole. The offense tries to come back, but it's just too deep of a hole to dig ourselves out of, and we always come up short. So in, in New York, the Heat played a factor for Fulton. Newcomb. Or Newcomb. Yeah, which was oh weird. yeah, when he he couldn't grip the ball. Yeah, he was it. awful. I, I just wonder like he, he's pitched horribly in the Northeast. I don't know if that has anything to do with him being a Boston native or something, but getting into his head, I'm not sure. Yeah, and then Julio hard, Julio you know. just gave up those ridiculous short porch home runs. Right, but he made those those two pitches were horrible. Like they they were once again meatball batting practice fastballs. Uh, his stuff looked all right. But I mean, when it when it comes down to it, he keeps getting into situations where he loads the bases and makes a bad pitch, mm-hmm. or he gets multiple runners on and makes a bad. He cannot battle his way out of situations anymore, consistently. He just shoots himself in the foot constantly. And he is he is what he is at this point. We know because yeah. as you just completely skipped over uh, the sweep we had in St. Louis, he pitched a really good game there. He did. Max Fried pitched a good game. In St. Louis before a terrible game in Milwaukee. Then he's on the DL. Which is disappointing. It's like everybody that gets added to the rotation 
or comes back or something like Freed, Soroka. Uh, you know, they have like, it's like they have a good start and then disable this time. It's like a pitching staff in general. The rotation in the bullpen is just in shambles right now. The bullpen pitched really well this week. <laughs> I guess they've been all right. Yeah. That game in New York, the one the one we won. Yeah, no, they they, they did well. Um, Freeman got out of a big jam, believe it or not. That was a bunch of horse shit. I think that first game against the Yankees was one of the flukiest games I've ever watched. I'm really happy we won. That's one of those games you take and get the fuck out of the stadium. But there are so many opportunities that we could have lost that game. Yep. Sam Freeman throws four strikes and 14 pitches and somehow gets out of an inning unscathed. Um, I don't know why he's pitching in high leverage situations anymore. Snicker needs his, his, his brain checked. Well, who else do you use at this point? Biddle. Well, Biddle pitched right after him. You, you can't. I'd rather have Biddle in a high leverage situation. What do you think? Is major Freeman? league back to the minors where all they had was one starting pitcher and one relief pitcher? No, but like so you, you put, can't you use. You put Hog out there, start him every no, single Sam game, and then the slow guy comes out to, in no. relief. Sam Freeman does not need to be pitching in high leverage situations anymore. It's 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 poor management. He doesn't have a ton of options right now, Graham. Biddle, you just replace him with Biddle in high leverage situations. It's not that hard. Biddle's been pitching in high leverage. He he pitched after him. That's a more higher leverage situation. I'm just saying, like I don't want to see Freeman in close games anymore. Well, until we make a move, you're gonna. That's awful. Pierre Moylan's your boy. Meatball he, he, Moylan's he, on the DL. He's on the DL. Thank, thank God. God. And yeah, he's just been he's been. Awful. Awful, so I'm, I'm happy that that is the case. I think really to double back to that first game against the Yankees, it's like we could, you know, the Sam Freeman situation, there's no reason. It's a miracle we got out of that. We also had um, a situation, I can't remember who was up at the plate, but there was a, a Yankee on first base, I think it was Gregorius, and there was a ground rule double hit in the corner that if it hadn't hopped over the fence, we would have lost the game. Um, and then Acuna's home run, as awesome as it was, it was just like, you know, one of those classic short porch uh, Yankee Stadium home runs right over Aaron Judge's uh, glove. It was like every bullet we could possibly dodge, we dodged in that game. And yeah, I don't then, know how the hell he missed that, catching that. I don't know either. It's, and the funniest part about it was I was like, oh, he got under it. Oh, shit. And then I was like, oh, Aaron Judge is just going to leap and, and catch it. And then just snuck over his glove. Six foot seven. He's got, he got off the ground like four inches maybe. Yeah. The And then the, and the 4th of July game was just rough. Gohara came in near the end of the game and was kind of over, and he looked a lot better than he's looked in probably a month yeah, or so. Yeah, he had his heat back. It was funny seeing him pitching next to CC Sabathia because that's the comparison he's always gotten. Right. Yeah, that is the comparison he's gotten. They have a very similar frame and a very similar windup, and they're both hard-throwing lefties, or Sabathia was until uh, old age took his velocity away. But I also it begs the question, why is he up here in the bullpen again? I thought the whole point of seeing him back to Gwinnett was to – you know, turn him into a starter again. Now he's back up here in the bullpen. I don't need, understand it. They needed the help. Yes. People keep getting hurt. What are you going to do, Graham? I don't know. I would rather get let my prized uh, prospect train to get better as opposed to throwing him back in the bullpen where we know he's not comfortable, even though he's never said that. It's clearly true. So I don't, I don't get it. And it's not what he's, he's destined to be. He's destined to be right now where the hope is he's going to be a starter. You know, a lot of young guys have come up like that. Remember Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals? He was a shutdown closer, and uh, right, and then he became a starter. Neftali Feliz, another ex-Brave that we should have never traded, started yeah. as a closer, and then he was a great starter. It's mm-hmm. not like it's not like Snickers reinventing the wheel no, here. It's, it's not, but it's it's something that like we've talked about. It's just something that's always frustrated me. If you're training someone to be 
a starter, putting them in the bullpen and making them prepare differently, uh, as opposed to what you want them to do, is, is silly. It takes them out of routine. If anything, it holds them back, I think. Like, forget just getting a couple innings. It's like, if your goal is to go out there and be a starter, you want to throw six or seven innings, you don't want to go out there for two innings and blow your arm out, throwing too hard. I don't know. I would argue from his point of view, he'd rather be in the majors as a reliever than in the minors as a starter. And that's fair. I mean, I'm sure he's learning a lot, and it's probably, you know, good for him. I just think getting him into that starter's routine is going to help us more down the line than it is for him to play, do mop-up duty again. And I'd like to talk about little bit about the game last night against the Brewers. Uh, lost, what was that, 5-4? to four. Yeah. And keep in mind, another thing to mention, these four losses have come against the best team in all of Major League and now the team with the best record in the National Yeah, League. no, these are not pushover on the opponents. Road. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, we're playing with them. It's not like we're getting destroyed. Yeah. You know, we're, we're fighting. It's just we're digging ourselves in too deep of a hole because of our rotation. But... Snicker did an awful job managing that game last night, I thought. Do telegram. Yeah, so in this game last night, we're trying to mount a comeback. Acuna, his base is loaded, gets a infield single. Of course, he hurts himself too, so who knows what's going to happen there. Hopefully he's all right, but he pulled a hamstring or I think a tightness it's, in his groin. It's I think a groin, the, yeah. Officially he's the, fine. Yeah. So he comes out of the game after driving on a run, and lo and behold, Charlie Culberson comes out to pinch run for him. Later in that inning, after we've uh, – you know, scored some more runs after Dansby Swanson drives in more runs. Who comes up to pinch hit in the biggest, most critical part of the game? Danny Santana. Danny fucking Santana hitting a whopping 175. If if a excuse me, if Snicker had a half a brain, he would have put in. If you're going to put in Danny Santana, put him in to pinch run. Have Culberson be your pinch hitter or Tyler Flowers for God's sake. Why the fuck? Are you putting Danny Santana as your pinch hitter in one of the most high-leverage situations of that ball game? It makes zero sense. Well, let's talk through this. Uh, Culberson was coming in to replace Acuna, right? Correct. In left field. Yeah. So that's why they put him in for him? You could have just switched him out. You could have had, you could have had um, Santana come in to pinch run. Culberson comes up to bat. At the end of the inning, you just have them swap positions, and then take out Santana. I don't think you could do that. You can't. It's completely legal. You can, you can have people swap defensive positions. So instead of Santana being the, the, the pitcher now, he would have been, um, you know, initially come in to replace the left fielder after the inning, say, okay, Santana and um, Culberson are trading places, and now... We bring in a pitcher and get rid of Santana's ass. I suppose. It just makes no what, sense. Was it a given that it was going to get that far down there? What are you talking about? Like, how many batters later what, did a Santana come up? Two. Because Swanson was after Acuna. And then you got... Yeah. It was the batter right after Swanson. Hmm. It was an absolutely moronic move by Snicker. I, I do not get that. Well... What defense do you have for your, your genius manager? I don't. Okay. I, I'm just getting really sick and tired of your fucking hate towards uh It's a bad move, man. Left and right. That's a bad move. But that, you just harp on that constantly. Because he because he makes poor in-game decisions like that. And his reliance on Danny Santana do you think, to pinch hit all the time is just infuriating. It makes you, no sense. And why the hell 
to call you out now, and then you don't have anything to do with this, but you did say, oh, Santana will go back to the minors once Acuna gets back. Why did, why did that happen? Why is he still here? I suppose. What have we done to deserve this? You need a backup um, center fielder? That Peter Borjos is almost worthless ass to be up here than Santana. At least he can provide a little defensive value. But anyways, that was a rough game um, overall, but that was something that really stood out to me. It's just, you know. I just want to ask if you think this team would be where it is right now if we had a better in-game manager versus Snit. I don't think so. Well, it's hard to measure, right, chemistry with the team. This team definitely has really good chemistry, and you have to think that Snicker factors into that. And, that and you can't quantify that. However... The in-game decision-making. I'd rather have someone who has better in-game decision-making uh, skills. Because there's also, it comes down to there's a lot of leadership in the clubhouse. I think Ron Washington, EY, Eric Young uh, Sr., Walt Weiss have also done a lot to improve the, uh, the way the clubhouse functions as well. I mean, it's speculation, but I know the players have talked about their contributions to but that. But it was a good clubhouse last year as well. Right, but it wasn't as talented as this team is. I just think, like, I just don't want this any guy who's going to bring out Danny Santana again and again and again to pinch hit. Also, put in Peter Moylan, not to to, to well, face get him some hand. better options. You got to work with what you got. I'm just saying, like, he doesn't put anyone in a position to succeed. That does not give you a better chance to win a baseball game than, than Culberson or Flowers. You putting putting Sam Freeman in a, to to face right-handed pitching is a horrible idea. Putting him in a high leverage situation. I mean, you is a know, pinch hitting idea. Flowers. Why that's a risky move? Oh, because then you lose your catcher. Yes. Well, Culberson then. I mean, like, there are options. I'd take even Flaherty, even though he's awful now, over Danny Santana. Danny Santana's not a Major League Baseball player. Well, that's, that's not Snickers' fault. It is Snickers' yeah, fault. Yellow, yellow not, Anthopolis. He's, okay, fine, but he's, not, he's using Santana when there are better options. It doesn't make any sense. I just don't want this show to turn into those assholes on Twitter that do nothing but bash. This wait, is... Wait from, Bobby bashing Bobby to bashing Freddie to bat now just always second guessing every single thing Snicker does. That's, I'm not second guessing everything. I'm just saying there are warts in his decision making acumen that hurt us. I think this team has succeeded in spite of him and his. No, take that back. No. And and, and all, all the stuff you just said about clubhouse that. I'm talking about the in-game management stuff. Forget the clubhouse and all that stuff and his steady hand guiding well, the that's, ship. Well, that's a big part. It is, but I just think, like, he hasn't put, um, from a lineup standpoint and from a bullpen standpoint, he hasn't put us in the best position. Now, some of that is also due to just who you have, like you're saying. But I cannot take seeing Danny Santana come up there again. And I'm not doing this just to bash him for the sake of doing it. There's a legitimate gripe I don't think that you can defend anymore. With Santana. I mean, like I said, it's not his fault that Santana's on his roster. No, but it's his fault that he uses him in those pressure cook situations. What has he done to deserve that? Culberson's a beast this year. Not a beast, but he's, you know, done really well. Pinch hit his ass. It doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to make that decision. Well, I don't have to tell you, Graham. I don't know either. It's frustrating. Um... Do you have anything positive to say about that four-game winning streak against the Cardinals and Yankees? Yeah, the offense really showed out. And we got some... Uh, I was really happy to see, regardless of the situation with the Yankees, and even last night, it's like if this team's in a hole, they're not giving in. They are fighting, and they're getting back in baseball games. I just think we got to just... I hope today 
that we're able to not start off down like four or five runs because the offense is going to come through eventually. And it's nice to see that we're able to battle back and stay in these games with some of the best teams in baseball. So I'm, I am happy to see that. Thank you. And that's a true – I'm trying to be fair. That's a fair assessment. I thought I was – whatever. You can disagree with me. You might think I'm a hater. But. No, you're, you just got to me today. Started off straight negative, kept negative with the first-place team when last year at this time we were 30 games out of first place. Well, that was last year, as Mike Leach would say. The point is I don't want you to not appreciate – what this team's done this year. Oh, I appreciate it. And one of the reasons I'm so hard on Snicker this year is I'm seeing more and often than not in in-game situations a reason why I don't want him to be the long-term manager at this point. Okay. That's all. I'm going to start taking notes of all the good things he does. Okay, you do that. I will. So if you, if you and that's subjective to you, obviously, but if you count Santana coming in as a, as a positive, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't count it as a positive. Okay. But um, people may – I mean, you're saying we win that ball game 100% if Culberson pinch hits instead? It gives you a hell of a lot better chance. You can't deny that. Santana could have connected on one. He sits 170. Culberson is a much better hitter and can actually take a fucking pitch. Santana swings in the dirt. It was a horrible at-bat. It was a four-pitch at-bat. He swung, swung at two sliders in the dirt. It looked like he didn't know where he was. It's pathetic. Should we move on? Yes. We've run this <laughs> into the ground. Yes. Uh – you have any other like in-game things? Uh, not in-game. Uh, we didn't sign our first-round pick, though. Yeah, Carter Stewart. Yep. Uh, very uh, projectable pitcher in the sense that everybody thought he was going to be a monster. One of those classic power pitchers with a crazy hook. Drafted him eighth overall this year. Something must have happened in the physical. I know he had a, a ligament in his wrist. Yep. That was uh, showing cause for concern. Uh, and I guess for whatever reason, no one knows exactly the details unless something's come out since yesterday other than the injury concern. But uh, they were not able to come to terms with the, with the contract, so he is not going to be on in the minor league system now. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, they were like $2 million apart, $2 million apart because of the injury. Mm. Um, and they just weren't willing to take that risk on it. I, I wonder why they would have taken him then. I, I guess they thought that they would be able to – Negotiate. Well, you can't do the physical beforehand, right? Before you draft a player. But I wonder, was there any, were there any like other medical records that they could have? He perused? like this was an injury last year, and then he came back stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. So they didn't think it was a concern. Yeah. Um. So it sucks. We completely lose out on that, but we do get the ninth overall pick next year because of it. Right. That's that's a decent. That's a fair fair compensation, I think. And apparently, there's a lot of big college bats coming out next year. Could be a blessing in disguise. Maybe because you know we're not going to be drafting as high next year. Right. So that that'll give us a good opportunity, hopefully, to to land one of those big bats. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I me mean, neither. And another thing too, like. Uh, I think the thing everybody's got to keep in mind is, is like this is so much different from you know if this were to happen with an NFL first round pick or an NBA first round pick, mm-hmm. you know we're not going to see any of these guys for four or five years. Yeah. So um, in baseball, but this was if like for Calvin, for example, Calvin Ridley, we didn't sign him, like it would be a disaster. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah, but this it's like we can get over. It. We have other great pitchers in the farm, mm-hmm. so it's not a huge deal, and it's not like the the damn scandal, the copy scandal with the international uh, players either. So. It's a little bump in the road at the end of the day. Worth mentioning. Yes. Uh, what the hell is going on with Freddie Freeman, man? 
He's struggling. He's really, really struggling. Bang average just dropped. He had a nice home run in the Cardinals uh, series, but he's hitting like one in the 100s over the last 20 games or just something like pounding that. pounding him inside. He's, he's, his plate discipline, which is normally pretty excellent. I know he's like an aggressive swinger, but he also has an – it's interesting. He's able to be aggressive but also be incredibly selective. Like he's able to work a count. He has a great on-base percentage. He always has throughout his career. Um, but now he's like getting toyed with these – High fastballs. He just yeah. seems to be really going after those. When in the past that wasn't really something he struck out a ton on. It didn't seem like. Um, but now he's just getting he's getting played with like a like a like a damn rag doll out there. I mean, he's yeah, I don't know what's going on. Got to just let him work it out though, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't mind him getting a mental day. He's not going to take that though. No, he he always wants to be out there. But I would I would like to see him get a mental day. I don't think he's had other than. Uh, Maybe due to when know, he was get, hurt, yeah, getting hurt. I don't think he's and he hasn't been on the DL this year. I don't think he's missed more than a game or two. It would probably be good for him, maybe just to clear his head and yeah. work on some stuff in the cage. But it, that's that's concerning. I'm still not in panic mode around that, but I am. Uh, the concern is growing. At least Ozzy's got it going again. Ozzy's kicking ass, man. Sitting, I think over 450 in his last 15 games. And that Orioles series, he really turned it on, and it's continued, which is which is clutch. Uh, but that um, something positive that Ronald Acuna home run was electric. Yeah, I don't know. Did you see it when it yeah, happened? Yeah, I did. That was an awesome game. Holy shit! That was that was one of the best. That's probably the best Braves game I've watched in about five years. Yeah, that was fun. The the atmosphere was just it was like playoff. I mean, it was the, like a playoff game. The way Biddle like what was it bases loaded and one out. Yeah, and then he just like zones in and strikes out the next two guys no problem no that was that was just that was guts that was pure guts awesome that in that moment that's when i was like i want you to be like the go-to middle reliever guy right now uh because that 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 showed me all i need to know about biddle even he's been trending up yeah he's been great uh mentor keeps getting better yeah mentor yeah there's been some for all the flack the bullpen has gotten uh and somewhat deservedly so mentor and biddle have been really solid recently and carl's uh, thrown better again Carl had a good outing. He had to do a little mop-up duty the other day. With Freed only going like two innings. Yeah, he pitched like three innings, I think. I don't think he gave up a run. Um, but yeah, it's once again uh, rotation. I mean, we got to get more innings out of these guys. And I know you brought up in a text, you said we had the second-best ERA in baseball. However, I wonder how much of that is due to just the starters not going very deep. Because the Astros, I think, had the best, and I think they averaged – two more innings a pitcher than we do. Well, their rotation is nasty. Their rotation is sick. It's unfair to compare us yeah. to the Astros. Yeah. But that stat didn't really do anything for me because I was like, well, we don't get to see the lineup the third time through ever. That, that's the way they – I mean, that's by design, I think. I think you could be right about that because we have all these young arms. We've got to keep in mind that this rotation – I apologize for calling them garbage rotation. They're not garbage rotation. Thank you, Graham. They're an untrustworthy rotation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think you're right. Like, I know Anthopolis with the Dodgers, he liked to do something, uh, or that, that organization liked to construct it so the young pitchers would only go five innings, maybe six innings. They wouldn't yeah. be built to go that long because they were keeping them on an innings limit. you got to think our two best pitchers fall into that category of being young pitchers that haven't thrown more than 150 innings. They're monitoring their pitch Yeah, you, ha- you have to. They're monitoring their innings uh, limit. Or, excuse me, they're monitoring their innings. So it's like, I think this goes back to one of the reasons why during our predictions, uh, prediction, our lightning round, we called it, which wasn't very much a lightning round last episode, where we said over under Braves wins, I put us under, I think, 85, because I feel like the rotation is just going to 
flame out eventually. Or not really the rotation is going to flame out, but not being able to let those guys go as long is going to hurt us in the long run. We're kind of seeing that already. Well, there's also the the analytics side of things where they say the third time through the road to, through the um, order is when people start to hit you. Oh so, yeah. So I think that's part of why they right, but pull the, them early the, too. The, the problem is the bullpen isn't equipped to do the things we're asking them to do. Unfortunately, to no. compensate for that. So that's why I feel like we're fighting an uphill battle. Um, hopefully, we can we can keep climbing up that hill, but it, it puts us in a position. And this is not even Anthopolis's fault either, right? Because you got to think. He didn't think we were going to contend this year, so of course he's not really concerned about making this bullpen be this monster to be able to really uh, carry our our rotation and get us in the postseason. How good was that Yankees bullpen? They are sick, man. Bettinses, Roldis Chapman, Dave Roberts. I mean, every every damn guy in their bullpen can throw like 100 miles an hour plus, has sick off-speed stuff. I mean, that's like the bullpen of dreams right there. That's scary. I did love the um, juxtaposition of like just all the Yankees pitchers and then old steady Annabelle out there throwing right. a 70 mile per hour pitch. Hilarious. 90 mile an hour fastball, but getting it done. Yeah, Annabelle struggled a little bit in that start, but I, I, I'm i very gutsy. happy we got him. Because yeah. like, even he's one of those classic guys that every time he takes the, the ball, you feel like you feel good about it at this point. He's shown enough that we're not in the, in the, in the bad Detroit years near the end of his career with Detroit where he was just going out there getting shelled like yeah. he's, he's reinvented himself and it's, it's I'm really glad we have him uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff going on Braves news so we're rumored to be looking into Machado Manny Machado it's probably not going to happen no way uh, we're also looking to add multiple bullpen pieces apparently that's that's the hot rumor going around yeah, the, Machado, right now. the Phillies just dropped out of Machado because they're asking way too much oh really yeah and Currently, mm-hmm. I just don't see Anthopolis selling the farm. I don't either. For half a season of Machado, I don't either. Especially when you have the ability, the potential to get him in, in the off season. Well, it's not like we're. It's not like getting Machado this year is going to make us a World Series contender. No. I mean, also, believe it or not, I saw some stat where since like May fifteenth, mm. Camargo's put up better numbers across the board than Machado. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I will say this about Machado, which is something I didn't know until I looked into it this week. He's having an awful season defensively at shortstop. This is his first year playing defense uh, at shortstop. He's yeah. normally a third baseman. He's an amazing third baseman. But uh, Why the hell does he want to play shortstop so bad? I don't know. But he's not very good at it. He has given up uh, 20 runs so far this year. He's minus 20 uh, defensive runs saved, or whatever the stat is, DRS, which is... Awful. That's like almost as bad. That might be worse than than Dansby was last year. Like Dansby's a better defensive shortstop than Machado. Yeah. Obviously, you get Machado, you want him for his bat. But good God, you don't want to put him at shortstop at this point. That's the way he's going to play. Right. That's interesting. I mean, that Orioles team is historically awful. But the uh, I, I saw that stat and was just flabbergasted. Yeah. And I was like, good God, negative, minus twenty runs. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's just not our issue. So you 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 trade the future for half a season of Machado. Where, as we've pretty much said, the bullpen's not where it needs to be. Yeah. So even if you have Machado, mm-hmm. that's not going to help because what what wins in playoffs? Pitching, pitching. Yeah, yeah. So the offense isn't our issue right now. Right. I mean, the offense is scuffling a little bit, but the, the bigger question marks are now. It was the bullpen was on. Everybody's killing the bullpen now. Everybody's killing the rotation, including me this week. So it's kind of like the pitching is where the problem lies for me. 
I mean, we need another bat, but we don't need as bad as we need more pitching. No. Um, so I'll be very interested to see what, what Anthopolis does. Does he make moves for the bullpen, which is most – hopefully, yes. But does he also go out and get a starter? That, that's the big X factor that I wonder if he's going to, if he's going to uh, pull the trigger on that. He's got his first little strike against him with this draft thing. Yeah, with Carter Stewart. Yeah. So before we start calling him Wonder Kid, yeah, see what he actually does. Right. So we got two more games against the Brewers, and I think we're finally coming back into town and playing the Diamondbacks next. Yep. So it'll be good to get another back good to team. Another good team, but uh, they've kind of dropped off a little bit. They had a pretty big lead in the division, and they've sort of uh, kind of let the Dodgers and Giants back into it. But, you know, a team you got to respect once again. Goldschmidt's picking it up. A.J. Pollock's good. Uh, Zach Greinke, obviously, is a very good pitcher, so it'll, it'll hopefully be a good series that we can that we can win at home. But I think that's really it for the Braves, and I, I hope we can split these next two games with the Brewers, like we win these next two games. Yeah, that'd we, be awesome. Yeah, that would be, that would be a successful road trip. And, and a ball going today. Yeah, and even if we lose them, it's not the end of the world. This is the first time we've had a substantial losing streak um, four games the whole year. Yeah. We knew at some point this would happen, and now it's time to see uh, what this team is made of and how they rebound from that. But I think for this to happen in July as opposed to, like, it's only once and it's, and it's already and it's early July, I think that's great that this team has survived that long without having a, a bad losing streak. Good you, so, Sam. There we go. Yeah. I got one little more baseball note. Hmm. Um, remind me, what was our Tebow bet? That he would make the major leagues this year. How much money did we put on it? I think 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I was looking through um, my notes on my phone, mm-hmm. and you actually already owe me $20 for a Tim Tebow bet. How? Uh, <laughs> on March 4th, 2017. Oh, Christ, I can't remember this I now. bet you $20 that Tim Tebow would make it to double A. Shit, he's in AAA now, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he's still a double A. <laughs> well, either way. So. I need 20 bucks for that. Yeah. I guess I'll get another 20 once he gets to the majors. Yep. The uh, Mets have nothing to lose at this exactly. point. They're so bad. Yeah, they are awful. They're almost in last place now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was promising to find. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep uh, betting. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, yeah. yeah. It's coming through for you. Yep. I guess the last thing to mention of the Braves is, is the Phillies have now tied us as of today, uh, July 7th. They have tied us for first place in the East. Yeah. They are on a rampage right now, Dude, the way they're playing. When we were down at Hampton the other day, that was, I think that was my first time sitting down and watching Aaron Nola. Dude is a monster. He is a beast. Yeah. No, he, he's like he's going to be like a Kershaw type of pitcher. He's an ace. Yeah. He's an absolute ace. And, um, yeah, I watched some of their game last night. I was watching the Braves. It was on a uh, bar I was at. They just destroyed the Pirates 70-5. to Dubal Herrera had a three-run bomb out, out of the stadium. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, man, these guys are coming for us. We don't watch out. Yeah. And they're already here. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the course of the season with that. And I think we've talked the Braves to death, so let's move on, Adam, to our next topic, which is... Atlanta United? But here's my update for you on the United, Graham. Hmm. Actually, soccer correspondent Arthur Roach, he called in from the road... Um, you just chime in whenever you can, all right? All right. Let me know if you have any questions or any comments or anything like that, okay? So, we're halfway through the season now. Wow. The United are in first place by five points mm-hmm. over the 
New York City Red Bulls. Okay. Uh, they had a, their first really tough loss on July 4th. They are up 2-1 to one over FC Dallas. That stands for Football Club Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> you only know what you're talking about here. Yep, yep, yep. Football Club Dallas. And uh, Dallas scored two goals in the final five minutes. Yeah, I heard about that. and I, I, I meant to watch the game, and I didn't get around to it, but... <laughs> that's uh, that's rough, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's not what you're looking for. I heard at the end of the game in that last goal, we were sort of just the ball was just kind of there between like four or five United players. No one really went for it, and it's kind of like an easy shot for the opposition. Sure, sure. That's sure. Some uh, in-depth analysis yep, here. Uh, <laughs> for I, I, those for those of you who are just listening for the first time, we are not not that we're aficionados of anything, but we know next to nothing about soccer. And uh, yeah, we try every now and we then. try every now and then. And this is the fruits of our, our, our trying. Here's something that's easy enough to understand, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Martinez is only 10 goals off the MLS record for goals in a season. He is a prolific scorer. He, it's both of those goals that we did score in that July 4th game were from Joseph Martinez. Right. And uh, obviously with half the season left, he's going to eclipse that unless he gets hurt. So that's good for him. And also, if you're a new user... He's the same guy who snubbed me at the bar in oh, the yeah. battery. That is right. Earlier this year. Which, it's actually uh, last year. It was October. It's right after the. Oh, that was game. October. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I was just trying to. I've be, mixed feelings on that. Yeah, he's trying to be cordial, give him his space, and then was like, "Excuse me, my name is Atom. I really appreciate the way you have played for the city and the team. Thank you." And then what was his response? He just looked the other direction. Classic snub. Classic snub. Good at snubbing, though. I'm guessing I'm not the first guy he's snubbed. Probably not. Um, but, yeah, that's... Uh, what would you do if someone came up to you in the street? You're like, oh, you're from Atlanta Zone. Hey, man. I had the bar. I doubt I'd snub him. That'd be great. You should just look him the <laughs> way. Like, like, you have the right to do that like you're anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're big league. We're big league. Um, yeah, I doubt I'd snub him. If we were, like, uber successful, of course I'd snub him. Of course him. you know, what, It comes in the territory. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're not there yet. No. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the Atlanta United update of the week. Wow. Clear, concise, to the point. Where are we in the standings? I already said that. That was one of, that was one of the uh, there were three facts. Cool. I we're, zoned out. We're in first place, up by five points over the Red Bulls. Sweet. You just don't know any other questions to even ask. No. That was, that was, that was a stock uh, question. You had that one in your head before I even started talking. I, I did, and I just blocked out everything else. <laughs> well, should we move on? Yes. You want to talk Hawks? Yes. So the Hawks, um, obviously we, we discussed the draft already. Right. Just started Summer League. <laughs> they're in yeah Utah. They go to Utah first, and then... Uh, then Vegas. Now they're in Vegas. Um, it's been a rough start for old uh, Trey Young. You know what? I think that stems from uh, I, l- I looked at his line on one of the games, and he was like four of sixteen shooting or something in one <laughs> of the first three games. And it felt like to me—I know he airballed his first two shots. I felt like to me he was playing a lot like he did when he was on Oklahoma, where he felt like he had to make everything happen. He had to force shots. Right. The offense had to flow through him exclusively, almost. And I think it's just going to take some time to break out of. So all these people who are freaking out about how Trey Young is ass, 
Don't need to do that yet. Wow. Don't need to do that yet. It's Great. also it's also the fucking summer league. What a surprising take for me. It's you. also the summer league. But I just because I know like from those two or three games I watched with him this year, that's how they went. It was like you yeah. could see the talent, but he was forcing shots and taking so many that it was just overwhelming, and uh, and there was just he didn't have any other support, and it's kind of like the same thing. I don't think I've ever respected you more, Graham. Wow. Yeah. That's saying something. Wow. Uh, uh, maybe it's not saying anything. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> that's just sad. No, but but, but 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 don't you think that that's like give him a second for Christ's sake and let him transition into playing in the NBA as opposed you know all he knows is what he was doing at Oklahoma. So let give him a chance to transition and evolve his game for God's sake. Yeah, not to mention so like one thing that um, the guy who does know about basketball who we mentioned before, Brad Roland. Yeah, um, he was just beyond impressed with his passing. Passing looks and, really good. And it doesn't show up in the box score because he's playing with a lot of garbage players mm-hmm. there. Um, I mean, like, the only guys that are going to be on the roster are Spellman, who actually looked really good, mm-hmm. who was the our third pick in the first round, who yep. Graham and I couldn't even remember his name when we were discussing it at right. first, which is a mistake on our part because uh, he looks pretty good. Uh, it's him, Dorsey, who was our second-round pick from last year. I had no but, hope for him, really. He had a solid rookie year. Yeah, but I think in the long term. And then John Collins was playing a little bit. I wonder why John Collins even needed to go. Like I saw him on on Twitter. He was he was screwing around with Herder and Trey Young and, and Spellman, taking pictures of them while they were asleep and calling them out and yeah. stuff. And I was like, wait, why are you going? You're like you're good. You're ready to rock. Like, yeah, he's still relax. a second year player. Yeah, but no, I agree. He shouldn't be playing anymore. Yeah, but yeah, but but the rest of the guys are they're just missing shots left and right. So, I mean, you don't see it in Trey Young's stat line, but right. his passing looks awesome. Yeah, which is great. Like I saw some of those passes and just some of some of the just the game like I saw the highlights. I didn't I don't watch Summer League, um, really. But you know, I'm good with it. I'm fine right now. Time will tell whether or not this was the right decision or not. Uh yeah, but, well, but I think for now no one needs to be crucifying Trey Young. No. Get, get over yourself. Like Bagley was like one of fourteen yeah. shooting. So it did hurt to see your boy uh, Jaron Jackson go off a little bit in that game, though. Oh, seven threes! Yeah, and he he lit it up. I watched his highlight reel of that game too, and yeah. like he is a lot more agile than I thought. Like shooting threes, as yeah. Well. Like he just looks. No, he looks awesome. Looks the part. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot of other summer league stuff going on. Um, the big stuff, obviously, is Trey Young. Well, did you see? Did you see his altercation with uh, Grayson Allen? Yeah, shithead from Duke. Yeah, so for those, classic Grayson Allen. For those who don't know, Grayson Allen at Duke had a horrible history of just like tripping players, pushing players, kicking people when they're down, stuff like that. Like literally kicking them when they're when they have fallen on the ground. He's kind of like uh, an extreme version of Draymond Green. Like Draymond always goes for the nuts, uh, but he, for whatever reason. But Grayson Allen likes to just kick you in the likes to trip you. That, that's his thing. But then he got in a huge thing with Trey Young, and they pushed each other, and it was ridiculous. But Gr- Grayson Allen was the uh, he was the provocator. You know, he, he instigated the whole thing. So he's bringing his shithead antics to the NBA now. Well, well he, not only that, but he's also got like that face of you know that classic Duke white well, guy that you just, just want to punch, punch him in the, in the face. face. It's yeah. like, he he kind of looks like you know that pharmaceutical guy who uh, <laughs> got a bunch of jail time because he like took over this pharmacy company and then like raised the. Prices on the pills by like four hundred percent. Jesus, no. Yeah. Oh, he, he like he like in his like shots in court. Like like he's just got that face. Yeah. And that's exactly what Grayson Allen looks yeah. like. Yeah. He's a bum. Yeah. But it was good. I liked the fact that Trey, you know, he retaliated a little bit, but he didn't he didn't make any more of it than what it was. It was a quick thing. He was over at Grayson Allen, still chirping, and he sort of was like, whatever, it's, mm-hmm. it's done. So 
that was a good show of maturity for the young man there. Indeed. So, looking forward to seeing what he does the rest of the summer league, though. It, yeah, it, it makes it, this is the most interested I've I'm been I'm legitimately excited about watching the Hawks. Yeah. I guess the only thing I'm not excited about is, uh, so we know LeBron went to the Lakers. What does that do to our, our draft pick with the Cavs now? Mm, not good. Yeah. Because it's top 10 protected. So right. The Cavs are going to be garbage. Right. So that that hurt him not going back to uh, Cleveland. But I'm glad he's out of the East in the long run. Is now basketball, at least in the East, will be a little bit more interesting than it has been in the last 10 years, 8 years. Um, I just think, I, I love that LeBron went to the Lakers. I think he's going to crash and burn. I don't think he wins a championship. I don't think he even goes to the Maybe the we could convince the Lakers, and I don't know what kind of trade assets they have at this point, um, but maybe we can convince them to take Schroeder or Bazemore. I would love that. Because Bazemore played for the Lakers, so they know him already. Right. And he'd be a stronger piece around LeBron than a lot of what they have. Right. I think I could see Bazemore more than Schroeder just because they signed uh, Rajon Rondo. They already have Lonzo Ball, so I don't yeah. I don't foresee them needing another point guard at this point. Um, Bazemore, though. Bazemore, yeah, could certainly happen. But NBA is such a joke now. Now that DeMarcus Cousins on the Warriors. Good God. I'm telling you, man. Adam Silver is a freaking sleeper agent. I love how he says tanking's bad for well, the league, and yet now they've assembled a team of literally every starter is an all-star. But how is this Silver's fault? Like, we any anyone could have signed Cousins. That's true. The the rest of the league kind of fucked up, but but he's been hurt. That's true. He's gonna come off Achilles. He might not even play till January. Yeah, but I, uh, I think people are overblowing that one. Maybe it's still just like on paper though. It's ridiculous. That team is already absurd. Yeah, I saw something that was like, which roster you prefer? And it was Golden State or like. They picked all the best players from the East. Golden State. Yeah. <laughs> East doesn't have anybody. No. So, But you know what? The good news is is why while the Warriors win like four more championships, we'll be building. And when they're done, hopefully we've got something where we can uh, maybe contend. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why I'm being optimistic about it. Yeah, but I've, is... I've sort of resigned myself to knowing that the Hawks rebuild is going to take at least five years. That is my prediction. Like Before we are like can even be at the level of the the epic 2014-2015 win team. And I'm I'm okay with that. I'm just want to watch the kids develop. Nice. I'm, I'm taking that attitude. I'm not going to get worked up. I get, oh, I, get, oh. I get too worked up over the Falcons and Braves at this point. I like this new Graham. Yeah. Maybe we'll start with Hawks next week. <laughs> <laughs> Started the show off on a pleasant note. Yep. Uh, That's pretty much it. Yeah. Falcons doing anything? Uh, Calvin Ridley officially signed his his deal. That's good, and it's very friendly. I think it's only like ten million dollars or something. Wow, the rest of that money going to go to Julio? Probably. Um, it's it's really cheap. I don't I don't have it in front of me, but um, it was it was really nice. It's four years, so you feel you feel safe there that the the future of of our receiving core is taken care of. Yep, with him. So that's good. Uh, now that, I don't think there's a whole lot of other Falcons news going on that I know of. Okay. Should we move on to questions from Hugo? Sure. I think we got a couple this week. Mm. I don't think they're his finest work either, but... You might get cut, Hugo. <laughs> Let's see here. So his first question is, why do you continue... Oh, sorry. Why did you discontinue Veronica's sports puns? Uh, How many hundreds of users have that has that lost? Our listenership is actually up. 
even though we did get a huge spike initially with uh, Veronica Sports Funds. I asked her every week. I said, would you like to do it? And she says, she looks at us and smiles and then giggles or laughs and then leaves Walks the room. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think she's done. I hate to say it. Yeah. No. That was a fun segment, but it's on her. If she wants to come back, our, our door's open. Yeah, next time we need a big spike. Yeah. Bring her back. And then her, his other question was, where is Auburn's Chris Davis today? Playing Atlanta professional sports? I don't even Question know mark. Is Chris Davis a football player, I assume. Yeah, so he's the guy in that Iron Bowl that like where they tried to kick the uh Oh he, re- field he returned goal the, the one that he returned, returned the kick. Yeah, that was epic. Yeah, but I'll answer the question. He was undrafted out of Auburn, signed with the Chargers. Mm. Uh last time he played for in the NFL was two thousand sixteen. He was released by the 49ers. Ended his career with 19 tackles, half a sack, mm. one pass deflection, boy. one forced fumble, Ooh. 609 kick return yards. Solid. Um, and my source here is Wikipedia. Fair. So basically he flamed out in the NFL. I'll always be beloved in Auburn, though, for that shit. Man, that was an amazing, amazing play. But he did not play Atlanta professional sports. No, he did not. So we don't care. Right. That's all I got. Okay. Actually, you know what I'd like to do since it's the Braves halfway point? Let's just run down a, a quick list of, not highlights, but, you know, who, who our respective, like, MVPs are, who our favorite pitching starter is, et cetera. <laughs> okay. Mid-season awards, if you will. All right. Who is your MVP, Adam, so far? I'd say Ozzy. Nice. I like the pick. I think he has... Changed the dynamic of this team more than anybody else, both with his offense and his defense, mm-hmm. and his helmets flying all over the infield. It's a beautiful thing. I will take Nick Markakis. I think that mm. he has been the consistent anchor in the cleanup spot. Everybody laughed, you know, last year and the year before that, and even you know, in so 20- there's plenty of bits from you. We need a legitimate cleanup. Markakis, he's. 33 years old. He's been good since 2005 with the Orioles. I watched that entire season. He was great. But now he's got this neck injury and he sucks. This is a joke. That's a pretty good invitation. Uh, uh, he's been a pleasant surprise. He's always been a very solid player. Um, I never said he sucked. He's always been a very solid player, but he's having an amazing year this year uh, in terms of getting on base, in terms of driving in runs, in terms of just hitting the ball. Like, he's no longer just hitting grounders that find holes. He's, like, smoking balls. He's hitting balls in the corner. He's hitting home runs. He has been so consistent in the middle of that lineup. I don't think we are where we are without him. A couple weeks ago, I would have said Freddie Freeman, but now that Freddie has fallen off a little bit and gone off in the slump, I got to give it to Cakes. Cakes has uh, been there the entire season. He has not slumped at all. Top leading vote getter and all star votes for all of outfielders, which is insane. It is good on Braves country. He, he deserves it. So Marquez is my is my MVP right now for the, the middle of the season. How about uh, best starter? Got to go with Nuke mm. for the most part. I mean, minus those three starts, he's been steady Eddie. Yeah, and generally a guy that turns a uh, losing streak around for us. Yeah, um, he's been the. I gave him a bit of a pass in New York with. I mean, he, the guy was sweating his ass off. He needs to figure out how to control that. <laughs> he can't. I mean, it's about to get hotter. Right. Can't just blame heat, especially in Atlanta. Yeah, but, uh, not going to last very long if that's overall, the case. Overall, he's 
exceeded expectations as well. Um, or I think he came in as our number five starter, really. Right, and I, I'll agree with you on that. I would also say Newcomb, you know, that stretch in May where he was just dominating guys and, you know, he's cut down his walks. He still has moments where he walks too many people, but, I mean, we'd be, we'd be absolutely screwed without him. And he's actually gone deep into games every once in a while, which has been nice to see. I think the future's really bright for him, and he's been the anchor of this rotation. Yeah. So. Uh, who would you say uh, best defensive player? Um, you know, I'm not gonna say the best, but uh, got to give a lot of credit to Dansby mm. for what he's done sure. from last year to this year. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd say at this point you call him a, an above average defender. I would agree uh, on that. I'm not gonna say he's the our best defender, but I like that that. That take, I would, I would completely agree with that. His, Shout out to him. Yeah, his defense has has certainly been vastly improved from last year. I would take. Uh, I think I'm going to take Ozzy. I think Ozzy has been exceptional at second base. He's saved. Um, I think he. I don't know what what the stats are, but I mean he's he's made huge, huge, huge plays to to save runs this year. One of one of which I remember vividly was the the game against Tampa Bay where this guy you know had like let two guys on. The line drive and the line drive where he makes yeah. them, where he jumps maybe like I don't know three feet in the air, catches it above his head, and then doubles a guy up off second base. I mean that was that saved the game. And Granted, if he was the height of a normal person, he would have just reached his glove. Up. Sure, but like you know the thing with Ozzy now is like you don't even really think about his size anymore. He's just Ozzy Albies. Yeah. Like you know, like, oh man, look at that guy. Look at that small guy and all his home runs for making that play. It's like that's just Ozzy. Yeah. He is he is a bona fide major leaguer. It's beautiful. Uh, biggest surprise. Number of people. Mm-hmm. Winkler. It's been great for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you got to go with Marcakis, though. Yeah. I think Marcakis playing as well as he has. It's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I would say Ozzy, too, just from a power. For me, it's Ozzy with the power standpoint. Like, who would have thunk that he has 18 home runs right now and leads the league in extra base hits? Yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty spectacular. But you know another guy I like a lot? Mm. Uh, Danny Santana. <laughs> Coming off the bench, yeah. I mean, that guy is just a stud. It's so much value. Like he's got. I've, I've seen him have a lot of good at bats, and I remember one time last year he hit this just bomb into the chop house. Yeah, so that's, that's that's really keeping him around. Yeah, that's great. That's just that one that one moment. Have you seen that the footage of that one? No. I think your take would change if you saw him hit okay. the ball. I will. Yeah. Uh, I have to look that up. Okay. Um, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Best bullpen guy. Mm, go with Minter. I think especially recently Minter's been with the yeah with the rest of the guys kind of faltering. He's been he stepped his game up big time. Yeah, for sure. I think um, even though I know he struggled recently, I'd I'd say Winkler. I mean, he was just untouchable for a while there, and I think he really, uh, you know, especially. You know, we've had issues all season, like we've talked about, about guys not going deep enough. But, I mean, like, he, he answered the call and really shut guys down. So, I mean, for me, he's been my favorite guy out of the bullpen so far, even though I know he's he's certainly struggled recently. But I, I would have to say Winkler, he's just been a, a, a sight to behold overall outside of the last half month. Um, biggest disappointment.
oh, that's easy, Julio. Yeah. <laughs> but did you really expect him to be anything of note? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Especially, I mean, just because he has so many stretches of looking brilliant. Like, right. When he's hitting those corners and his fastball's darting in and out. Mm-hmm. But he just can't keep it together. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it is, it is weird. I would, uh, I would also say Julio Tehran, even though I wasn't expecting much from him. And granted, he has been better since last year. It's just overall, it's been, it's been just very frustrating for him to go out there. Like you know, the Cardinals game or or the the, the game where he came off the disabled list and struck out eleven people, and he faces the worst team in baseball and just gets destroyed. It's just like the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde. He's not what you want at the top of your. Also, you anymore. need to never go to a game that he's starting again. Yeah, every time I go to a game, he's starting. He's, he's I th- awful. I think you're a big part of the issue. That's true. I might be the biggest disappointment. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, yeah. Last one, favorite moment so far this year. Um, I'm going to go opening day, that walk-off that was, from Marquecas. That was pretty That just set the tone. Yeah. That was awesome. Because that that's the last thing you're expecting to happen. Yeah. Him hit a walk, Nick Marquecas saying a walk-off home run. To uh, to win the game, yeah, yeah, I'll say uh, I'll say the Ronald Acuna Jr. home run against the Yankees uh, that happened this week, the first game to give us the lead. Uh, that was just so exciting. I felt like I was watching a damn World Series game. It was, uh, and his reaction to it. I know there were some people who were like, "Oh, you need to act like you've been there before," and blah blah blah. And, he was, he was, I mean, he was around first base just going nuts, like, fuck yes, fuck yes. Yeah. You know, going and well, why not? You're in New York. You're playing the best team in baseball, and you just you're took 19 the, years you're, old. 20 years old. 20 years old. You just gave your game, your team the lead in the 13th inning, and this is potential, you know, I don't think it's going to be a World Series match, but, you know, this has a playoff Could atmosphere, yeah. and you are in the thick of a, of a pennant race, and that's, this is a huge moment. I mean, that was just beyond exciting. That's the most excited I've been watching a game since probably 2012. Did you hear him say that he, um, like, he's never gotten nervous while playing baseball? Yeah, I read that, and I was like, man, that's insane. Very different mentality than us. Yeah, I was nervous all the time. Yeah. Get nervous podcasting. Right. I'm, I'm shaking in my, in my, my <laughs> boots right now. But yeah. So I think that was our little uh, mid-season awards show. Precious. Precious. I think that wraps up today's episode of Atlanta's Own, Adam. I think it does. Well, we want to thank you all for listening. As always, I uh, really appreciate it. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Not Thomas said. Who's remain true? Uh, the Hawks. Aren't they rise up? That's the Falcons. They were rise up. The Hawks were rise up. At Wait, one point. What's after rise up? Rise chop on. Tr- Conquer United. Okay.